All right, Krishna, everyone. This is Achuta Bhava from Nightlight Astrology. Today is Bhakti Wednesday, and so we are going to return to the fifth verse of the Sri Shikshastakam, a prayer that we've been looking at from the Bhakti Yoga tradition over the past weeks. I would recommend going back and listening to the videos in order. They're labeled, if you go back into the my video archive, especially in the Bhakti Yoga playlist, you'll find parts one through four. Um, but you can also enjoy this episode as a standalone very easily. So what we're going to do is I'm going to chant the prayer aloud, and then we're going to come back and read and reflect on the fifth verse of the prayer in particular. If you want to hear the audio version of the prayer that I'm chanting, you can find a link to that prayer and the sung, the version of it that I'm singing in the, in the description of this video. And you can also find uh, a link to the translation of the words of the prayer. <clears throat> so here is the Sri Shikshastakam again. And I apologize that I'm wearing a hat. I've um, in the process of recovering from COVID. And so I've got some gnarly bedhead going on. Uh, <laughs> so here it is. Cheto darpana marjanam, bhava mahadavagni nirvapanam, shreyaha kairava chandrika vitaranam, vidyavadu jivanam, anandam buddhivardhanam, Pratipadam Purnam Rita Svadanam Sarvatma Snapanam Param Vijayate Shri Krishna Sankirtanam Nam Nam Akari Bahuda Nija Sarva Shaktis Tatrar Pita Niyamita Smarane Nakalaha Itadrasita Vakripa Bhagavan Mamapi Durdaivam idrisam ihajani nanuragaha Trinarapi sunichena Tarorapi sahisnuna Amanina manadena Kirtaniya sadahari Nadanam najanam nasundarim Kabitamba jagadishakamaye Mama Janmani Janmani Ishvare Bhavatad Bhakti Rahai Tukitvai Ayinanda Tanunja Kinkaram Patitamam Vishame Bhavam Buddha Kripayatava Pada Pankaja Shtitaduli Sadrisam Vichintaya Nayanam Galarashudaraya Varanam Gagadarudayagira Ulakie nichitamba pukada Tavana mahagraneva vishati Yugyayatam namishena Chakshusha pravrishayatam Shunyayatam jagat sarvam Govinda virahe name Shlishiva pararatam pinashtumam Adarshanan marmahatam karotuva Yatatava vidahatu lampato mat prananatas tu sa evana paraha Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Bol.
<clears throat> so the fifth fifth verse. O oh my Lord, O oh Krishna, son of Maharaj Nanda, I am your eternal servant, but because of my own fruit of acts, I have fallen into this horrible ocean of nescience. Now please be causelessly merciful to me. Consider me a particle of dust at your lotus feet. I'll read it one more time and then offer a few thoughts. O oh my Lord, O oh Krishna, son of Maharaj Nanda, I am your eternal servant, but because of my own fruit of acts, I have fallen into this horrible ocean of nescience. Now please be causelessly merciful to me. Consider me a particle of dust at your lotus feet. Remember that this prayer is being prayed by an avatar of Krishna in Lord Chaitanya, great saint and uh, Vaishnav, but uh, considered within the Krishna Bhakti tradition also to be the golden avatar of Krishna. And why does this avatar come? Well, one reason is to instruct and help uh, souls who are seeking the light and so this son is this particular song slash verse of this prayer is very instructive um i am your eternal servant another meaning of this is that i am actually part and parcel of you i'm part of you just like the finger serves the body the feet serve the body the eyes serve the body so we're all parts of the body of god and that's what's meant by servant, not subservient, but I'm part of you and I serve the whole of God of which I am a part. But because of my own fruit of acts, another name for that would be karma, I've fallen into this horrible ocean of nescience, which would mean that I'm acting out of ignorance of who and what I am and what I am a part of. And as I act under the illusion of being separate and apart from this divine reality, <clears throat> I suffer greatly. Now, please be causelessly merciful to me. Consider me a particle of dust at your lotus feet. So this is a glorification. Again, sometimes you can read these verses and not catch the romantic mood of a lover. Um, this is not, I'm worthless, please save me because I suck. You know, it's not that. There is a sense of having fallen away from or turned away from and needing to come back to our true nature. But notice that the request is for causeless mercy, which means it's nothing that you can do to earn it. Which also means that God is inherently forgiving, merciful, grace, grace uh, abounds. So we ask for that causeless pathway back home. And please consider me just a little piece of you. Because the idea inherently is that one of the reasons that we turn away from our own divine nature, because we have free will and agency, and one of the reasons we do so is out of forgetting who and what we are a part of in the reality of God, but also because we, we sometimes think of ourselves as separate and apart, which is like kind of like having a God complex. We think, well, I'm God. I'm apart from God and I am God, or I'm somehow I stand alone or independent from this divine wholeness. <clears throat> and so in coming back, there's a little bit of like tail between the legs in this verse, like be causelessly merciful to me. There's nothing I could, there's nothing I can do to earn a place 
as as a servant or parcel or particle of God. There's nothing to do. There's nothing I can do to earn that. I know that. Please just bring me back and consider me just a just a tiny little humble part of you. So this is a. It's you know. It's a. There's. Uh, there's a kind of contrite mood here, but it's it's one of romantic longing for God in separation. This is so much what bhakti would. What defines bhakti? Um, that <clears throat> here's also, on the other hand, this is not only an instruction for fallen souls about how to pray. Please just bring me back home, bring me back to source. I've, uh, in my mind, in my consciousness, somehow I've, I've turned away, and I'm in an illusion of separateness. And please just bring me back to being a part of you. That's kind of the essence of the prayer. Take aside, you know, the romantic gesture you know just a little tiny dust particle of dust you know there's something so beautiful about that humility so sincere and uh, the love that's in that right it's poetic uh but the other thing that's interesting about this prayer is that that state of separation doesn't necessarily go away there are descriptions of radha and krishna radha being the ultimate lover of God. And remember, part of what Lord Chaitanya is, is Krishna come as Radha to experience what it's like to be the lover of God, that that's something that God wants to taste, see what that's like. And there's bliss in that. And part of that, whether you're, you know, no matter where you are, part of that experience is the experience of being apart from what you love. And that even Radha longs for God. Haven't you ever loved someone so much that you miss them even while you're with them? Right? So this state of separation becomes increasingly more and more beautiful as it's spiritualized. We come to realize that what begins as a separation in nescience, illusion, karma, turning away from God, forgetting who we are, and then the burning and longing that bring us back, right? That's not just a condition for like fallen souls in the bhakti tradition, even as the soul is awakening and even in the spiritual worlds, you know, places that where death and rebirth no longer exist, there is still this acute sense of being both with and apart from the divine. And that's, it's like, you know, it, there's an inherent sense in bhakti that there's separation as part of what constantly intensifies the dance of love and that there's a leela there's a play there's a drama in that it's a little it's romantic and that even radha while with krishna sometimes forgets that krishna is there and and longs for krishna so intensely and that pleasure is sometimes even you know more pleasurable than actual union until sometimes they, there's descriptions where the two can't tell if they're together or apart. They, it, they burn so intensely that separation and union have this paradoxical connection with one another in the dynamism of love. And that's something that this verse is pointing to as well, because here's God praying this prayer, not just let me pretend, you know, let me pray this prayer and give it as an instruction for fallen souls. Yes, that's there. But also this is a prayer that's expressing what the, what it tastes like at very, very high levels 
of enlightenment to still burn and feel far from God. And that, 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 that feeling itself is the love of God and is also a kind of bliss. It's part of the play that the soul has with God on, you know, levels I'm nowhere close to. Right. But that's actually part of it. That, that even Radha and Krishna have a sense of separation as they dance together. This is one of the reasons that God's mercy is causeless, right? Because this world and this experience of separation, ultimately, as we turn our hearts to the divine, is part of what ends up intensifying our love, right? <laughs> and that's mercy. Maya, the word maya also means mercy. It's not to justify getting caught up in illusions and delusions of grandeur and selfishness. It's just to say that as we as we are purified and as our love of the divine evolves and develops within us, we start to understand that every distance, every gap, every turning away we've ever had has ultimately been an act of mercy and compassion and love and has been a part of what has grown and intensified our love. That's why we sometimes say that this place is like a star nursery, you know, birthing souls in love slowly over time sometimes. And, and that part of that experience often for us, you know, in our state is the illusion of being apart from God and uh, through, often through willful, kind of willful ignorance. And that's, you know, it's part of what we are here to purify as we go and learn and study these paths. And there's so many paths that are ultimately about the same thing connecting with our divine source and growing closer to that in, in our mind and our body and our lives and our choices and in everything we do and how frequently is part of that process the acute feeling of being separate from this divine reality that we long for so anyway uh these are just some you know just some reflections i am very far from understanding <laughs> you know, what that prayer is actually about. So I can just share my own imperfect thoughts about it and uh, and also what, um, what I've heard my teachers say. So anyway, hope that you guys are enjoying this. You can find the audio version of what I sang uh, in the um, description of the video and a translation of the prayer too, if you want to read ahead, read the whole thing or reread previous verses from previous episodes. So that's it for today. Uh, we'll be back with Bhakti Wednesday next week and continue on to the sixth verse. Hare Krishna, everyone.